Hey, this is Dave LaRue from Flying Colors, and you are listening to Sonic Perspective. Scott Medina for Sonic Perspectives, and we've got a fantastic interview today. We've got Dave LaRue on the phone, who is just in between gigs because Flying Colors is out on the road. Kind of a rare thing, but we're glad it's happening right now. So uh, welcome to the call, Dave. Well, well, thanks very much. Great to be here. Yeah, let, let's start off with Flying Colors, if we could, the the album Third Degree just came out last week and people have been getting their first full taste of it. Uh, what's What's been your impression of, of the new album this third time around? Well, I mean, I, I'm really proud of the album. I think it came out great. Um, I, and I think uh, one of the most important things is I think it's the best album we've done. And I'm really always pleased when I see the band continue to grow. So for, for me, it, it's a really enjoyable thing. And the response that I've uh, both seen and heard from people um, has been really great. And they and the crowds at the live gig seem to really enjoy the new stuff. So all good so far. Yeah, what, um, what are the qualities that make you feel like the new album is you know standing even above the two predecessors? Well, you know, it's funny, as I prepared for the tour, um, you know, I had to go back and listen to the older stuff and, and relearn the songs. Uh, so, it, so I was really pretty much A-being all, well, A-B-seeing the, the three records, because, you know, we're doing a couple tracks from each album. And it just became obvious to me that, you know, the performances, um, the recording, the, the lyrics, everything just... just seemed really a cut above the older stuff, which, you know, which is a normal thing, but I like that it continues to head in the right direction as opposed to us repeating ourselves or putting out a lackluster product, just like, oh, it's time. Okay. We got to do a record. Okay. Let's rush through this, whatever, you know, I don't care. But uh, yeah, I, I think the, the band, as I said, continues to grow and it, it became obvious to me as I was playing through the older stuff. Yeah, you guys took your time with this third one, and I, I think it shows in a way it, it's a much more consistent and mature offering, I would say. You, you've got, you've really established well, the Flying Colors sound now. Yeah, well said. That, that's exactly what it, it, I, I thought for a while. Um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, on the track Guardian, you've got a nice extended solo section toward the latter part of, of the song. How did that section come about? That, that's pretty funny. Um, we, were, we were working on a tune, and uh, as, as we do, you know, we're all, all together and we're playing through stuff and throwing out ideas and you know, discarding ideas and then putting things together. And we got to that point, and it's like, you know, we need, we need to do something here. And Neil said, this could be a great spot for a bass solo. Dave needs to take this, you know, 
So it was Neil's idea. Was like, and of course I was like, okay, yeah, that's that's a good idea. I second the motion. So we we just developed that. But he was hearing it, and um, so we developed that whole section. You know, worked on ideas and, and got a section for me to play over. And it ended up being a really long section at a really fast tempo. So it wasn't that easy, but. Um, but it was a lot of fun, and I, I'm I'm pretty pleased with the results. So yeah, but but that's uh, that's Neil chiming in. Nice, yeah. Well, it's interesting because it comes you know right after this really nice uh, guitar solo section. I think in in nine eight time or or so, and and then it just transfers right over to you. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah, and a whole other mood. Right. You know, so it's, yeah. I, I think it came out great. So I mean, this song. Right. It, yeah. It, it's it, it's a beautiful track and. Uh, it seems like on every album you have at least one piece that's kind of a funk tour de force, you know. And and on this one, the song would be Geronimo. Did um, absolutely. Yeah. Did the whole band write that one together? Yeah, I brought in the initial idea, and then and then it morphed from there. I mean, the chorus, you know, and and all that stuff got added to it because we that's basically how we write. People bring in ideas and concepts or thing, but no. There's a taboo on bringing in a full song. We just won't do it. We've actually run into that, and we said, no, that's a great song. Put it on your solo record. You know? oh. <laughs> Whatever. Because everybody wants to have a, a set. You know, well, part of it. And, and we really try to honor the idea of the five of us writing together. But we have to start somewhere. So everybody always brings in, like, Casey will bring in some really great hook he's got, and, and, the, and the tune will start from there. And then... These guys are so amazing. They're so prolific. Ideas start flying around. <laughs> so, like, as I, I said earlier, I mean, we're um, discarding and adding ideas as as quick as guys come up with things. It's, it's an amazing process. I bet it is. Yeah. On the track Geronimo, who steered that song towards the Steely Dan vibe that it's got? Well, I mean, I guess the the whole initial group thing is what sets that up. And then, and then later we added the uh, the second section, to, which is yeah, really says kind of steely Dan. Well, in addition to to the verses and the, and the groove that that sets the tune up, then we have those hits, which I can almost picture as being horn, uh, a horn section playing that totally, which is what steely Dan would do. Yep. Yeah, it, it just kind of morphed into into all that. So it, yeah, it's actually hard to remember <laughs> the sort of process and. Think, as I said, things are flying around and we're trying things. And um, But yeah, the Steely Dan analogy, you're the first one that's made that. And that's exactly what I thought. Yeah, and, and but it's amazing because, you know, it. I, I was shocked when I, and in a good way to hear it, it suddenly go into like, you know, latter-day Steely Dan. But, but then it goes, you know, into a whole other direction that's, again, just signature flying colors. It, it's its own thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and I think the fact that it's different than what we normally do is very flying colors in and of itself because there's there's five, you know, personalities here and something different always is introduced. So mm -hmm. I, I, and that's one of the things I love about playing with this band. I'm not, I'm not good at playing one genre for an hour and a half. I'll, I'll go nuts. Yeah. And and then I'll have to be, be replaced at some point. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I mean, one of the things that attracts me to this band is the fact that we're diverse. Some and you know, it's great because I get to play some things that are just very groove oriented. You know, like uh, you, you are not alone or something. 
is a challenge to play what's right, what what musically helps the song, and not like have it, that's not a song for a bass solo. I mean, and so it, you know, it challenged me to like keep it strong, make it groove, and then enhance it when I can. And then there's other things where there's a lot of music, you know, instrumental uh, strength going on, it, and that's that's fun too. Crawl and uh, at Guardian, as you said, you know, so it's really. It keeps me interested, and and I know other guys in the band are also of that mindset, so it works well. Yeah, I, I can see why this would be a band for you. I, I was listening to your solo album, uh, Hub City Kid, a little while ago, and yeah. and again, even right there, there's like so many different styles on that one album. So you can yeah you can get a sense that yeah you don't like to stand still. <laughs> yeah, and when I'm working with the Steve Morse band and the and the Dregs, um I mean, Steve, the Steve Morse band is like the perfect gig for me because Steve is, as, as I said, of that mindset. We'll play, you know, a hard rocking tune, and and then we'll, the next thing you know, we'll be doing a baroque thing, and then the next thing you know, Steve's just blowing over this incredibly fast bluegrass tempo, and then then the next thing, like a, a song called "Night Meets Light," it's just this beautiful color texture ballady thing where. The time signature isn't the same for more than two bars in a row. <laughs> it's right. really challenging for me. Yeah. So I, I love that. I love that kind of playing. And you love it. Yep. Yeah. And you guys, uh, you, Steve, and Van Remain just got the chance to get back together as the Steve Morris Band to do a short show at Morris Fest. It was really fun. Well, actually, I just I wanted to say that was Neil's idea also. I mean, Neil put so much into Morris Fest, mm. Morris Fest and he's, he's just amazing. I mean, his behind-the-scenes stuff is incredible. Uh, he's 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 the one that gets all the background singers and the strings prepared to go for for both bands, the Neil Morse band and then uh, Flying Colors, and and then all the nitty-gritty details, you know, overseeing Birch and you know how people are flying in and all that stuff. Uh, granted, he has help, but he he's a he's a force behind everything, <laughs> and he really wanted us to play, and he. Uh, he asked Steve again, as we were approaching the deadline, Steve had initially blown it up, and uh, Steve asked me what we, you know, if we wanted to do it, and I said, of course. And so we did. But it was, you know, Neil, Neil uh, really wanted that to happen. He thought it would be special, and it was. So it's always great to play. It's funny, I, I just played with another one of my bands up in uh, the Northeast. We did about a week's worth of dates, and band was on that gig. So we've <laughs> kind of gotten to play together a little more recently. Yeah, you guys have locked back in. Well, I, I was at that show at Morse Fest, and you know the crowd was just going nuts and 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 loving it. It must have felt like a really nice return after I think it's been what about seven years since you had played out live. Well, seven years since we played with the band. Yeah. Ah, you're right. We've done a few things in between with a with Drew Best, who's my drummer, drummer for my band, mm -hmm. um, but not many. Yeah. Do you think um, after that? Do you think this is inspired you guys to maybe do some future recording or even live shows well we chatted about that yeah we'll have to see uh, i'm seized with purple and flying colors right now he's out doing dates so um but yeah we talked about that after uh, actually doing with steve and i steve and i live close together so as we were trying to prepare for more stuff i would go over to his place and we would we play together a little bit and um the subject came up so we'll see where it goes <laughs> yeah yeah did it feel really good for you just getting back to that material again? Oh, I love that material. Of course. Yeah, some of my favorite stuff. 
I, the, as I said, the Steve Morse band is like the ideal gig for me. And I also like it because it's a trio. So needless to say, there's a lot of room for me to play. Sure is. Yeah, exactly. Well, getting back to um, Flying Colors, you guys are out on the road now. You've got, um, you know, just a handful of dates that's kind of crisscrossing with Steve's Deep Purple touring schedule. Exactly. Yeah, so it's it's yeah. really an unusual that way. And, you know, I was curious, is it a challenge for you playing such short tours with Flying Colors? Like, do you feel the band can really hit their stride with so few shows? It's tough. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a good question. Yeah, it's definitely tougher because as you play more shows consecutively, I mean it just becomes um, so much easier, and things get locked in, and you start just doing things instinctively. But when they're spread out, you know you have to kind of constantly reinforce and just make sure you're you're doing what you need to do, so the little things can get lost, the nuanced things that start to happen when you're when the show is just second nature and it's not it's hard to get to that point when the, when the gigs are so spread out. But, you know, the musicians in the band are all really top-notch, so so we we manage. And, you know, actually that's what I was doing today. We, we played the show in New York, and um, I'm just reviewing for uh, Friday night today. Just make mm-hmm. sure I'm up on the stuff and keeping it fresh, because we didn't play a show for two days. So Right, right. And then you got Philly coming up. And uh, how, how did the New York yep. show go? Oh, it was great. It, it was... Um, packed and, and the crowd was great and it was nice to see that i mean they really wanted to the new material too so it was it was a fun show yeah now that the album's out um probably new york was probably the first time you've played a, a couple more new songs from the new album is that right correct correct yeah we added a couple we added a couple tracks we did three at morse fest and i think um because the videos had already been released and we added we added two more we added the lost inside and or lost, whatever it's called, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I never read the line of those. <laughs> and uh, love letter. Yeah, yeah. A- any uh, any hopes of adding even more of them as you get over to Europe or further in the tour? Well, I don't. I don't think we'll add anything to the European uh, dates that we have now. Um, but there's talk of doing more more stuff. We'll we'll just have to see how it falls with everybody's schedule. It's always tough with this band. <laughs> Yeah, I know it is. Yeah. Well, it would be great. It's such a strong album. You know, it'd be great to hear songs like Last Train Home and Geronimo and Cascade and Guardian, you know, on and on. Well, yeah, Geronimo is next on the list. We were going to try to do that, but uh, Steve and Neil were getting ready to go over and record a new Transatlantic album. Right. And um, yeah, so they just kind of begged off on that. Because we added, we did add Love Letter and Lost. And it's like, that's enough. I mean, come on, I'm getting overwhelmed here. <laughs> yeah, but Geronimo is next. We may add that for uh, Chicago. We'll, I'm pretty positive we'll do uh, do that in Europe. I'm, I'm absolutely, well, I can't say 100% positive, but I'm pretty sure we're going to do that. And, um, yeah, Casey wants to get um, Last, Train, Last Train Home yeah. into the set, too. So that, that may happen as well. Yeah, that's such a, a classic Flying color song. It'd be great to hear that live, too. Yeah, and then, of yeah. course, you guys are on, on the ship again, the Cruise to the Edge, next year as well. Yep, yep. We, and we get yeah finally get to do full shows, so it'll be nice. Yeah, for listeners who may not know, the Flying Colors has actually performed twice already on the Cruise to the Edge, but neither time has really been announced ahead of time. It's been sort of those 
right. We, surprise we were surprise guests and we, and we played for like 45 minutes. So that was it. So it was great. I took my family and we just had a vacation. <laughs> it's just a crime from the uh, audience perspective to have you on the ship and, and have you play like three or four songs <laughs> for a whole week. Yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of silly, but the first time we went was nice. We actually, well, there's two funny stories, First first of all, they, they were trying to keep this secret and they hustled us all on the boat and, you know, got us on there. And, and there was, <laughs> there was some mess up with my son's passport. So over the loudspeaker, they paged me <laughs> before. So, so much for the, you know, hiding out thing. And then. But the good thing was we got to play, we played the Sail Away concert. So we played for 45 minutes at, on, at first, actually, you know, the big surprise, how we came out and we, and we, we kicked the thing off and then I was done. Yeah. So I was just on, <laughs> I was on vacation. I was like, wow. Yeah, that I, I was actually on the ship for, for both of those times. And, and I remember uh, I was sitting in the dining room and oh, even in the dining room over the loudspeakers you hear, uh, Mr. Dave LaRue, will you please check in? And yeah. <laughs> everyone busts up laughing at, at the in the whole dining room. Everyone busts up laughing like, well, I guess that cat's out of the bag now. Mike is probably pissed. Uh, he, I heard about it from Mike. He's like, what, well, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that happens. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were getting this, we were getting ready to sail away, and they were like, we got to have this paperwork on your son. You know, there was a confusion, but yada, yada. So we got it worked out. Yeah. So I'm curious, the relationship between the bass player and the drummer, you know, is so key to finding the groove and the feel of each project that you're in. And so with your own sense of musicality, how much do you find yourself coming towards what the drummer is playing or rather leading the rhythmic charge or do you meet somewhere in the middle? Oh, I think we meet somewhere in the middle. Mike, Mike is such a great player. He's really strong. Um, and I'm always you know, trying to do the right thing in terms of how we both play together. Uh, but it's fairly easy. And the only time I really dig in and push a little bit is when he has to sing. Although I have to admit, he's probably the best singing drummer I've ever played with. Mm. But I do try to just help him out if need be. Although you know, so to keep it strong um, and make sure you know, with a lot, a lot of singing drummers I play with, like the bottom just falls out and the time starts to sag. It's like, yeah, well, hold on, hold on, mm. you know. But yeah, he's really good, and, and yeah, we we're really um, simpatico in a lot of ways. It, it, it's a very easy gig. I I never worry about that with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we get along well musically. <laughs> Is there a drummer or two that you haven't played with yet that you'd really love to have that opportunity? Well, I don't know. I'm I'm very fortunate. You know, my career has been great. I, I play with like all the great guitar players and some really great drummers. Rod Morgenstein band. I got to be. I did Planet X for a while, so I worked with Virgil Donati for mm. uh, a, two years or something. Uh, one of my favorite drummers is actually Jeff Campitelli, who I um, played with in the Joe Satriani band. Mm. That guy has the biggest pocket in the world. <laughs> I mean, it was fun. And that was a little bit of a simpler gig for me in many respects. But it was, it doesn't matter because it just felt so good. The groove was so strong. You know, Jeff's really great at that. So I, I enjoyed playing with him. I mean, that was not a chops gig where we're all, you know, freaking out um, on like Planet X. So um, that that was fun, but there's there's just so many, and, and I'm forgetting people. So I apologize for those who I'm leaving out. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm more 
kind of thinking of who we've been talking about. So, of course, they're on my mind. And Mike Portnoy, of course. Sure. Uh, so, oh, Mike Mangini, I probably shouldn't mention them in the same breath. But, <laughs> um, you know, I, I got to do uh, G3 last year for five months with John Petrucci, and Mike Mangini was on that gig. So that's another great drummer I can chalk up. You know, so I, I, I can't think of, I mean, there are so many great players. Dennis Chambers, good, good grief. I, I could go on and on. But let's just say that I'm really blessed to have been able to play with so many great musicians, drum, many drummers, and as I said, a ton of guitar players. Uh, you know, I play with a lot of great guitar players. So, so I'm really fortunate. So I, you know, I don't worry about who I haven't played with. Yeah. Yeah. And does your approach to bass playing change significantly at all, depending on the guitarist? Depending on the music, really. Yeah. I mean, I, I approach some songs differently in within flying colors, within the set of flying colors. My mindset will change a little bit depending upon the tune. So it's more about that. You know, doing Joe's gig was one thing and doing John Petrucci's gig was an entirely different thing. So, yeah, I, I adjust my mindset, but it's really more about what the music requires. Like I said, with Joe, when, when Jeff was playing drums, um, his music tends to be a little simpler bass-wise, and my role changes. But it was a really fun gig because it was all groove-oriented. So I wasn't um, bored. You know, I mean, it was all about that. Yeah. yeah. So it changes. It changes. Yeah, it, it's more about the music than it, than anything. What What's the best I can do for the music? Mm-hmm. You've got a new project out now with your old friend Glenn Alexander. Uh, what can you tell us about the new band LAX? Well, it, actually, you know, um, Glenn and I have been, geez, we've been playing together for so long. He's one of my, you know, my best friends in the world. And we wrote all this music together and finally got it all recorded over the course of several years. And so we wanted to release that. And we, we actually just did a bunch of shows uh, up in New York, the New York area, Northeast. And uh, Van played with us and, and it was really fun. And it's a different kind of project for me. It's, it, we like to call the bands sort of a combination of Stevie Ray Vaughan and the Dreads. Nice. So there's a little bit more of a bluesy thing. And of course I inject some funk into that too, but there's a lot of chop stuff, a lot of unison lines. And of course a lot of bass solos and that kind of thing. <laughs> it's really, a, it's a power trio mm-hmm. basically, uh, but a little more leaning towards the blues thing than the, you know, than the prog thing. And we, but it's a really fun project for me. And uh, I think the album turned out great. And Glenn, Glenn's turned into a great singer. He's, he's always been a great guitar player, but but uh, his vocals uh, on the record are really really good. And I got to sing background on some stuff. Oh, nice. So, yeah, so it's fun, fun for me. I sing on that. Yeah, I'm, I sing on that band, so it's, it's a fun experience. And of course, we write all these crazy parts that we have to sing over. It's like, oh, man, come on, I don't sing that. This is tricky. <laughs> so uh, why haven't the boys in Flying Colors been able to convince you to be a fourth vocal? We don't need it now. I mean, we, we write for the three, and that's that's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah these guys are all so good. Yeah, and we like, we're like we happy with that. All right, yeah, good. And anything you want to um, let people know who may not be aware of the, the Dave LaRue band? Well, I mean, that's a band I, that I have here in Orlando that I work with, um, when I'm off the road, um, and, and actually, I mean, it, it showcases all my compositions. That's all my stuff. That's a little prog year. It's, in, it's instrumental, 
a great guitar player named Bobby Colville plays guitar, and great drummer Drew Betts are my, are my local guys, but they'll be on the record with me. I mean, they, they're really outstanding players. Um, and so we're in the middle of uh, recording that, too, when I have time. It's just a, it's tough to get all this stuff done. But we have all the material, and we've started cutting some tracks. So, yeah, they can look for another uh, solo record, because there's going to be a lot of other people on the record, too, um, sometime later this year or next year, early next year. Oh, fantastic. Boy, you, you have a yeah a lot going on right now. Yeah, yeah. Got to stay busy. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dave, thanks so much for talking with us for a bit, and I uh, hope the remaining shows, the Philly and Chicago shows, are great with Flying Colors. Uh, anything else you want to mention before we head out? No, that's it. I, I just thanks for uh, thanks for having me on uh, on Sonic Perspectives, and um, and thanks for uh, the, the great questions and the good conversation. It was fun and easy. Oh, well, glad of that, and uh, just always appreciate your playing out live. So. Um, I'm really glad you're so busy and so many people are getting to enjoy it now. So, uh, um, and big congratulations on the new Flying Colors album because it, it is uh, fantastic. Really, really great recording. Well, thank you so much. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, take care, my friend. You too. All the best. Thanks. Let's talk again. Yes, we will. It was great catching up with Dave LaRue, and we hope you enjoyed that interview. We're always publishing more interviews, concert reviews, and album reviews at Sonic Perspectives as well as the latest news. So please follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and also uh, consider subscribing to our YouTube channel to stay in touch that way as well. We're going to close this section now by playing a track off the new Flying Colors album. Let's go with the one we were talking about with the extended bass solo a little later on in the song. This is a fabulous tune called Guardian.
Mm-hmm.